Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Tonight we're going to talk about the prophetic word, the heart of God that God spoke through the prophet Haggai. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we ask, Lord, that the Holy Spirit is a teacher tonight to speak into the heart of your people. You are a wonderful teacher, and you shall speak through my mouth, and you shall bring changes and transformation to the heart, to the mind, to the life of your people in this room. Lord, we believe you want your people to grow, to become more like Christ to be strong, to be fruitful, to bear fruit, and a fruit that will remain. Lord, we pray that everyone in this room, one day when they stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and when the fire of test and trial comes, they will come out as gold and silver and precious stones. No one will come out as stubble, as hay, a straw, of wood. They will not be burned. They will go to heaven with big rewards because they obey you and they walk in the Spirit. And when they hear the sermon tonight, they will not be just a hearer, but they will be a doer of the Word of God. We thank you, Father. May your Holy Spirit not only teach your people, but He also give grace and power to Practice what they learn and to live a lifestyle of the Bible, Lord. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. I would like to read from the book of Haggai, chapter 2, verses 6 to 9. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations and the desire of all nations will come. And I will fill this house with glory, say the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. Today I would like to talk about a key to prosperity, peace, and joy, and success in your life. There are many keys in the Bible that if you use those keys to unlock in your life, you will find yourself living in success, prosperity, strength, the favor of God, the blessing of God. And tonight, I would like to talk about one of the keys that will bring success to you. And what I'm sharing tonight is not just a theory that I learned from a Bible class. But what I share tonight is something I have been living in it, doing it for the past 30 years. And I have a first-hand experience that the Word of God is so real to both of us, to both of us. Pastor Da can raise hand and say, yes, amen. It's true that what I preach tonight is real, and it happened to our real life. There was a man that many people heard his name, named Jonathan Edwards. Jonathan Edwards was raised in a godly home. His father was a preacher, as well as his mother's father. And a group of people studied his life and traced the history of this man, all the offsprings of this man. They found 400 of them. And all these 400 offspring of Jonathan Edwards they find out that 14 of them became college presidents, 100 professors, 100 of them have been ministers of the gospel and missionaries and theological teachers. More than 100 of them were lawyers and judges. Out of the whole number, 60 have been doctors and many more were authors of high rank or editors or journal. And they study another man, Mr. Duke who was a drug addict, who was 
a big trouble in society, including his wife too. And they found that his offspring became big trouble in the society. Drug addict and murderer and robber end up with a lot of problems. You can see the two families, Jonathan Edward family, who love God, who live his life for the kingdom of God, who fear God, preach the gospel. God bless him and his offspring to many generations, and they all had success, prosperity, and the favor of God was upon them. How many people want to see that in your family? That God bless you and bless your offspring so much. You need to understand that Jonathan Edward was not a rich man from the beginning. He was a preacher. But God bless his family. The key that God bless Jonathan Edward was that he lived his life for the kingdom of God. So from the book of Haggai chapter 2, the context of the scripture is about building the temple of God. God spoke to Haggai to tell the children of Israel that, Hey, guy, wake up. Build my temple. In that generation, they built the physical building to be the temple of God. And the temple of God in that generation had the inner room or called the Holy of Holies or the most holy place where the presence of God dwelt in that building. If you look throughout the history of mankind, you will see that God always wanted to dwell among his people. You remember in the Garden of Eden, in the cool of the day, God would come down and talk and spend time with Adam and Eve. When God sent the children of Israel out of Egypt, what happened? They built a tabernacle. Actually, God even showed up on the mountain and God spent time with Moses on the mountain. And then he commanded Moses to build a tabernacle. And that tabernacle was the place of God's presence. The fire of God came down, and the presence of God was among God's people in that generation. Then God told David to build a temple. But David died before he was able to finish the job. So Solomon built a temple. God told the children of Israel to build a temple so that the presence of God would dwell among them. God still wants to do the same thing today. Today, God dwells in the life of his people. But God also say, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. So today, spiritually, the temple in the Old Testament is compared to the church today. We are building the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. When the believers come together as a family, we join together, we are like the bricks, join together in love and with the vision of God to build the beautiful temple of God in each town and in each city. So when we look at the writing of Haggai, we need to understand that this is about today building the church of God. We were born again in 1981. And right after we were born again, I never forgot. I and Pastor Da start to get involved with building the church right away in Thailand. We moved to a city and we helped the American missionaries, Southern Baptist, to build a local church. Once we moved to the Seattle area, we right away start involved in building a local church. After a year or so, God called us out to build another church. So we started to become a pastor. So all these years, we built the temple of God. The place where the presence of God is there to bring people into the kingdom of God. If you look throughout the Bible, you can see that building the church is the heart desire of God. Amen? Amen. Today I'm not talking about going to church, warm the seat a little bit for one hour, sing a few songs and go home and watch TV and do nothing about it. I'm talking about investing your time, your energy, Pull up your sleeve, using your money, using your gift, using your gasoline to build the church. I'm talking about getting involved. I'm talking about pulling your life into building the church of the Lord Jesus Christ in your city. Not just warming the seat and go there as a consumer, bless me, bless me. No, we're not going there just to bless me. 
but we are in the church to give to build we are the body builder we are not the consumer if you are in the church as a consumer you miss the point here God never called Christian to be consumer God called Christian to be soldiers to be body builders to be workers co-labels with God even the Bible say in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 that you are co-labels with God you are doing something you pull up your sleeve and get involved in building the church in the world there are many institutions institution of education work family government or the political institution but there is one institution that will last for eternity and will never fade away and will continue on when Jesus come back to build new Jerusalem on earth here and that institution we call the local church and god specifically say in the bible that the local church is the one of the most important institution that god is building on earth here i'm not looking down on the family institution or the work institution a governmental institution or educational institution or this thing or media but the church is the institution that is worth to pour out your life to build because it will last forever it will stay for eternity in other words some of you sitting here who are really born again i can see you for eternity in heaven Amen. this church gonna go on until we go to heaven and stay in heaven not as a church like this but we all gonna stay for eternity amen you are building something that will last forever how many people like to get involved with something like that get involved with something that will last forever amen ephesian chapter 3 verses 9 to 11 and to make plain to everyone the administration of mystery which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things listen carefully verse 10 his intent what does it mean intent strong desire strong plan his intent mean God's intent was that now through the hospital is that right through the school through the organization through the church the manifold wisdom of god should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose which he accomplished in christ jesus our lord the bible say clearly that god want to demonstrate his wisdom his power his love his glory through this lost world not through the school not through the movie, not through other organization, but through the local church. So building the local church is definitely the perfect will of God. I'm telling you the truth. I and Pastor Da, we breathe in the church. Breathe out the church. We talk about the church more than our own business. We wake up thinking how we can help people in the church to be strong how we can get people saved how we can improve our church how can we see things happen in our church we think about the church all day long because we know we were educated we were told by god that the church is the perfect will of god and we love jesus so much that we want to do something that is pleasing to him and what is pleasing to him on earth here that we have only one life to live is to build his church and the church is the place where God's wisdom is going to be manifested through the lost and dying world. That's why we, as Pastor Da and I, we pour out our life to build the church. When the church in Ibaraki, Japan, call us and say, can you come help us to build the church? We say, yes, we come. We're going to partner together to reach out to Japanese people. Amen. And we're going to see revival in Japan. Amen. Because we want to build the local church. In other words, my neurosurgery job is a hobby. <laughs> my real job is to build a church. Yes. When I cut on somebody's head and shave the hair and open the skull and take the tumor out or cut somebody's neck, that is my hobby. <laughs> it's a piece of cake. Cutting on somebody's brain is a piece of cake. Building the church is difficult. <laughs> Why? Because I don't hire you to do anything. You all volunteer. So it's hard to deal with volunteer. People show up, people don't show up, people show up, don't show up. So you need to build them to be strong so that they will be responsible and faithful in little things. Amen? 
So building a church is more difficult than cutting somebody's head, for sure. <laughs> Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not overcome it. It's different if I say to Pastor Da 30 something years ago, Honey, I think I may marry you. <laughs> or, Honey, I will marry you. What is the difference between I may and I will? What is the difference? Will mean yes. You cannot run away from me. <laughs> you have to marry me. <laughs> I lock you. <laughs> You cannot run away. <laughs> so the same thing, Jesus did not say, I may build the church. He said, I will build the church. If you want to please Jesus. One time, Pastor Da drove into a neighborhood. She came back home and she told me, you know, I really like that house. I really like that house. So I drove there and saw that house. You really like it? Yes. Okay. Two months later, we were in the house. <laughs> You know why she got into that house? Because happy wife, happy life. <laughs> but I want to add, happy Jesus, happy life too. Amen. When you make Jesus happy, He's going to make you happy. Amen. When you take care of His business, He takes care of your business. Amen. Jesus said, I will build my church. And if I get involved in building His church, he looked from heaven, good, I'm happy, I'm happy. You're doing something that I want to do. You see my comparison here, the analogy between husband and wife? Actually, he even called us his bride, and he is our groom. If we make our groom happy, what makes him happy? Number one, obey him. Number two, build his church. Amen? Amen. So, if we want to please Jesus, we need to get involved in building the body of Christ and the church of Jesus. We pour out our life, our time, our energy, getting involved, be faithful, be there, be faithful in little, little things. I and Pastor Da always show up in the church every Sunday, no matter what we preach or not. We are there, we are available. Everyone say available. available. God use me, I'm here, I'm available. I'm going to stand here. If you need me now, I'm available. I'm going to show up on Sunday, I'm going to show up in the care group, I will be there for you. Whatever you want, I'll do it to build your church. And what happened? The book of Haggai, chapter 2, verses 7 and 8 say, I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations will come, and I will fill this house with glory, say the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. If you read this scripture carefully, you will understand that it's not about God, putting his hand on the earth and check, 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 check like this. The context of this scripture is about prosperity. Because he said, he checked the earth, he checked the world, and then he said, the silver is mine and gold is mine. So the whole message is about, if you build a church, I'm going to do something to do to check it, check, 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 to drop the gold and the silver into your lap, into your bank account. And so that you can have money to build my church. Because you cannot build a church without money. You need some money to pay gas, to pay bill, to do something so he's going to check. That's why I pay off my house in three years because God keeps checking, keep checking, checking. And money drop in my pocket. Oh, okay, pay the bank, pay the bank. In three and a half years, I pay off my house because I want to be free financially to serve the Lord and travel. Now I'm free now. I'm happy. I don't have even one penny of debt, zero debt within three and a half years. God, just shake money out of the hospital. <laughs> Keep shaking. Thank you, Jesus. God, give prosperity when we begin to build the church. Look at what the Bible says. In Haggai chapter 2, verse 6, this is what the Lord Almighty says, In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. Many times we say that, God, let me finish my school first. Let me graduate first. Let me have a wife first. Let me get married first. Let me have a children first. Then I get involved in building the church. Let me own a house first. No, that is the wrong idea. The idea is if you start to get involved now, God is going to keep adding. God is going to keep checking for you to add more into your life. 
You need to start when you don't have anything. When I started the church, Pastor Dan and I, we were student. I was student. My salary was only $1,600 a month with wife and one daughter. We drove a very old Jetta, an old Toyota Tercel. No money in the bank, but we already started the church. We were very poor at that time. But we started the church. We cook to feed people. We take care of people. And as time goes by, as we build the church, God keep checking. God keep giving us more and more and more because we took care of God's business. He took care of our business so that we can have money to build the church. Amen. You don't wait until you have, then you build. You build, you start from little but that you have. You remember the story of the young boy that gave two fish and five loaves? Little that he had, he gave to Jesus and Jesus multiplied and fed so many people, and then he had left over back home 12 baskets full. That's the principle of God. You gave little time you have. At that time, I tell you, very hard for me. When God asked me to start the church, I was on call every single day, only one day off a week. You need to understand, on call as a neurosurgeon is not easy. I had only four hours sleep some night. Pastor Dan and I almost never saw each other. Because I have to go make round in the hospital at 6 a.m. I come home by around 11 p.m. or midnight sometime. Sometimes I get, wake up again to go to the hospital to perform surgery. Somebody have car accident, motorcycle fall down, and they're bleeding in the brain. I was so busy, I did not have much time. I usually prepare to teach the sermon on Sunday, on Saturday night, around 2 a.m. And I sit and read the sermon at 2 a.m. I was so tired. But with little time I have for God, I gave to God. And keep building from five people, ten people. We start from the basement of our home, keep building, building. And eventually now we have a lot of people, different campuses that come to the church. And the church is growing right now. We are thinking about having two services now. Because there's no place for people to sit on Sunday. People keep coming in. We start from nothing. Start from not even having enough time and money to do the job. But as we give, God give us even more. Amen. God warned us in the book of Haggai, chapter 1, verses 5 to 6. Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thoughts to your ways. This is a warning. Listen carefully. You have planted much, but have harvested little. You eat, but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. Verses 9 to 11, You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Wow. This is a situation where people have no satisfaction. Work so hard, and then end up having to pay the lawyer bill. Having to pay the roof bill. The roof fall apart. Have to pay medical bill. They buy the clothes, and the clothes get torn quickly. They just never have satisfaction. They work so hard to do the business, but the money comes in very little. The business is not flourishing. What happened here? Why I work so hard? I live for myself. I don't care about the church on Sunday, 2.30 p.m. What a big deal. I need to work hard to make my own money. I need to have a big house first. I want to be rich first. So I work and work and work and make more money. But they get nothing. They pay all the bills, medical bills, get sick, go to the hospital, have surgery, uh, go to the dentist and pay the dentist. And the, the bill from the dentist is quite expensive. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> you have to pay cash to the dentist? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> A dentist sitting here. I'm kissing him. <laughs> so you just paying bill, paying bill, paying bill, no money left over. Why? The Bible continued to say, Why declare the Lord Almighty? Listen carefully. Why people work so hard but never get to prosperity or get to good health and the blessing of God? Because of my house, which remains a ruin. Why each of you is busy? Everyone say busy. busy. With his own house. You have nice flat screen TV in your house. You have nice carpet, nice house. You have nice car. Everything me, 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 me. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their due, 
and the earth its crops. Call for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain, the new wine, the oil, and whatever the ground produces, on men and cattle, and on the labor of your hands. Ooh, this is a warning word from the book of Haggai. That if Christians are too busy with their own life, they just go to church one hour, pop in, sit one hour, sit, stand up, run out of the room, bye-bye, watching TV now, watching football program, you guys just clean up the church, you guys just carry all this medical, uh, not medical, um, <laughs> musical equipment. I'm sorry, I'm still, sometimes I think I'm a doctor, not medical equipment, uh, musical equipment. I'm, I'm talking in the OR a lot, so I say medical equipment. Musical equipment, I just come and boom, boom, get in and get out. Oh, you want me to go to Catholic? No, waste my time. I need to make money. Oh, can you help singing in the worship team? No, I'm too busy. Oh, can you help us to do the ushering? No, I'm tired from my work. I work so many hours, so I just want to sit here one hour and go home. And that's why they are sick. They pay medical bill, they pay dental bill, they pay roof come out, the car broke down, get into car accident. No blessing. Keep paying the bills and the doctor like me get rich. <laughs> because they have to pay the medical bill to me. Because you are building your own house. You only care about the carpet in your home, how beautiful it is. Your TV, your car, your refrigerator. Do you care about, do we have nice TV in the church? Do we care whether we have a nice building for the church? Do we care about the soul out there who are not saved and you want to save them and bring them to the local church? I want to tell you right now, the way God works is through the local church. I don't believe in para-church system that you run your own ministry and no connection to the local church. You know why? Because it's in the Bible. God works through the local church. It doesn't have to be this church. Whatever church God called you to be in. But you must work through the local church. Why? Because God wants to make sure you are accountable. Making sure that you are growing. Because if you are not in a local church, you are in a danger zone. You will not grow. No one can correct you. No one can minister to you. No one will be able to correct you. You just run on your own life and you do your own ministry. And one day you fall and you don't even know because no one watch over your life. No shepherd over your life. You need to be in a local church so that somebody can watch over you and making sure that you are growing and you are not goofy. Amen? We need to commit to a local church. We need to build the local church. Amen? Amen. Everyone say, I will build the church. I will build the church. Before I build my house. What happens if you build a church before you build your house? Haggai chapter 2 verses 6 to 7 say, This is what the Lord Almighty say. In a little while I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations. Verse 8, The silver is mine, the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. This is the spiritual picture of God who is in control. He owns the universe. He used his mighty hand. The hand of God is the Holy Spirit, according to the Bible. God, the Holy Spirit, will come and shake the things, two things that he will shake. Number one, to shake for your prosperity. God will shake two things to bring money to you, to bring good health to you, to bring connection to you, to bring promotion to you, to bring good job to you, to bring customer to you. Lately, many doctors in Seattle really have less business. All the hospitals say they have about 15% less in the patient's population. All the doctors kind of start to suffer because of the economy. But it's amazing. I'm still very busy. <laughs> and I ask all many patients, how do you get here? Five people tell me about you. Even though I saw another neurosurgeon, but I choose you, I come to you. Oh, good, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Then another lady two days ago, this is a true story. Another lady said, somebody introduced me to Swedish hospital. But I checked the website and I saw that other neurosurgeons have only two comments, two comments, but you have 38 comments and all of them like you. So I choose you, I come to you because you have 38 comments. You must be good. And I said, thank God. He, he used his hand to check, 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 to come to my office. Amen? 
He checked two things here. Number one, verse six again. This is what the Lord Almighty said: In a little while, I will once more check the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. What does it mean? He will check the natural resources for you. For example, if you are a farmer, he will make your land more prosperous than another land. He will check the natural things. He will give rain to your land. Amen. He will do something naturally to help you. Maybe give special deal to buy the right house, and you sell at the right time, and you get more money from that house. Check the nature. Check something for us. Why? Because I and Pastor Da have been building the church for the past 30 years. We pour out our life to build the house of God. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 147, verse 8, He covers the sky with clouds. He supplied the earth with rain and make glass grow on the hills. He still controls the nature. He still checking the nature to bless you. Amen. Amen. Psalm 45, verse 7, I form the light and create darkness. I bring prosperity and create disaster. I, the Lord, do all these things. Our God has power and authority over the natural things. He can do supernatural things to bless your business, to bless your work, to bless your home. He can do anything that nobody else can do. But the key, you build the house of God. You get involved in building the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't be just church pew warmers. Get involved. Do something about it. Amen? You pray to God clearly. God, what church you want me to be in? And I can talk to you about how to choose church later on. But if God said this church, you don't go in to create problem and create complaint and give people a hard time. You go in to be builder and contribute and help and give and do everything to build that house. The Lord gonna check the natural resources to help you. Amen. You need to settle first which church you belong to. God may call you to be church A, church B. That is your business between you and God. I'm not involved in that. I'm not going to tell you what church you go to. It's between you and God. But once you settle, you need to get involved. You need to be there as a church building, not be there as a consumer and just take, 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 take to go home. You go there to build the church. Amen? Amen. Not only natural resources, but he will bless you with human resources. Haggai chapter 2 verse 7, I will check all nations, and the desire of all nations will come, and I will fill this house with glory, said the Lord Almighty. Wow. He said, I will check nations. What are the nations? The nation is not the land. Nations are people. He will check some Latino in Los Angeles. He will check some Chinese, some Vietnamese to bring money to you. He will check people around. Their hands so Pull the wallet out and give money to you. I'm serious. I'll give you an example. God checked people. I came to America to get the green card in 1985. That's right. We come to America to get the green card in 1985. We applied green card from Thailand. And when we came here, I remember I sent all the application to many medical schools to apply for neurosurgery training. And it's very difficult because they don't take foreign doctors. When I came to Seattle... I did not have even one paper, no documentation, no even documentation that I'm a doctor. But I know the only thing is that I knelt down in Seattle that day and said, God, I will serve you. I will build your church no matter where I am. If you put me in Africa, I will build the church there. I don't care anymore where you want me to be in. But if it's your mercy, let me come and get trained in Seattle. I walk into the Office of the Professor and Chairman of Department of Neurosurgery at University of Washington. I spoke with broken English. I could not even understand what he's talking about because my English was poor. I was speaking very poor English at that time. I sat there without any paper, and then I introduced myself. I'm a neurosurgeon from Thailand. I want to be trained here. He said, okay, you go to our conference tonight. I went to the conference. Next day, he said, come back and talk to my right-hand man. I talked to the right-hand man next week. I got a job. No paper, no letter of recommendation, even one letter. God moved the heart of this man to give the job to a man who have no paper. It's amazing. Why? 
Because I and Pastor Da decided to build the church. We live for the kingdom of God. God can move the heart of the unrighteous or the sinners to bless the righteous. Proverbs chapter 21 verse 18. The wicked become a ransom for the righteous and the unfaithful to the upright. So God can move the heart of the customer to come to your workplace. God can move the heart of your boss to give you a promotion. God can move things around, move the heart of people around to bless you. Why? Because you are serious about building His temple. This is the promise of God. You remember when the children of Israel went out of Egypt and they did not have any money because they were slaves. What happened? God moved the heart of the Egyptians to give silver and gold and all the money to them so that they can use the silver and gold and money to build the tabernacle in the wilderness. Where did that money come from? Where did that gold come from? Come from the world. Come from Egyptians. The Egyptians are the people in the world. They don't even believe in Jehovah. Can money come from the lost people into your pocket? Yes. I shared with you one time already that when I bought this house for Hasada, I was a little bit nervous because it's expensive. And I want to pay it off as soon as possible. So I pray to God, God, you need to help me to pay this one off. I want to be free from debt so I can serve you fully. Suddenly, I got the letter from the hospital. Okay, you have been serving with us for a long time. From now on, you're going to get money when you're on call. I didn't even ask. They sent me a letter. Okay, you get money when you're on call. And I'm on call. I don't want to tell you how many days a month. <laughs> then you can calculate. Sometimes I sit at home talking to Pastor Da, eating dinner. And we were sitting get paid doing nothing eating dinner with my wife and dollar gonna come to my bank the end of this month <laughs> that's why I pay off my house quick because this money come in every month extra money without work Pasada was smiling <laughs> do you see why because we build a church money just flow in not, not, I have so many stories no no let's stop Amen. God can move people. God can move economy. God can move technology. God can use people, use all kinds of things to bless you and to help you if you decide to build the local church. Amen. Why God bless you financially? For what? Not that you will be spoiled and you will be selfish and greedy and living for yourself. He blessed you so that you can build His glorious church. So that you can use that money to travel, to pay tithe. Every time I see the income come in, I was thinking about tithe again. When money comes in, oh good, I can give money to the church. Amen. 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 God bless my business so I can give money to the local church. I can travel to Japan. I can travel to Thailand. I can give to people who got the flood in Thailand. I can bless them because they had so much damage in Thailand because of the flood. We can give and give and give because we want to build the local church. Amen. Look at verse 7. The Bible says, And I will fill this house with glory, say the Lord Almighty. You can see here that God bless you, prosper you, not that you will become covetous and greedy and selfish and living for yourself. He bless you so that you can release the money and the resources to build the glorious church. What does it mean, glorious church? The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 27, to present her to himself as a radiant church or glorious church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. God said that I want to build a church in the end time that is pure and holy without wrinkle and stain. So you can see that from the Old Testament, the Bible said the house that is full of glory. And then in the New Testament, talking about radiant church without wrinkle and stain, without blemish. What does it mean here? We're going to come to the point here. What kind of church God wants us to build? God doesn't want to, us to build a social club. People come in and just enjoy social life. And, hi, how are you? I see the nice girl there. Maybe I can get married with her. And see, oh, that one may give me a job. Oh, let's do some business here. Nothing wrong about marrying a girl in the church. Nothing wrong about doing business together. But that is not the primary purpose of the local church. 
God said, "I want the glorious church." What does it mean, glory? Glory means the thick presence of God, the fire of God in the New Testament. God wants His house to be filled with the glory, with the fire. And what is the purpose of the fire or the glory? Cleaning up, sanctification. Get rid of all the junks, the demons, the bad habit, the bad attitude, the wrong idea, and anything that is wrong in your life is gonna be cleaned up by little by little by little until you all holy and pure and righteous to become like Christ. Amen. The church should be full of holiness, and you cannot be a holy people without the fire of God. You fool yourself just to come and listen to the sermon every Sunday, and you think you're gonna be holy? No way. You cannot be pure and holy by your own strength to obey the word of God. You need the glory, the fire of God. The glory is the tangible, thick presence of God. And when the presence of God comes, He's gonna touch you. He's gonna do something in your life and clean up your life little by little. Every Sunday, He's gonna clean up something to make you become more and more holy. We want to build that kind of church in Los Angeles and San Diego. The church that the fire of God is moving is in the Bible. This is not my own idea. He said that I will fill this house. Everyone said this house. This house. The church with glory. Glory in the Hebrew language is kabod. Kabod means thick presence of God. We are not looking for religion. Come in and sing a few songs, uh, 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 and then done and go home, and nothing happened. And a lot of rules and law in the church. You must not wear pants because you are a woman. This is religious. We want the presence of God. Amen. We want the kabod, the thick presence of God. And when God show up, your life will never be the same. I can guarantee you, if you encounter God, your life will never be the same. That's how God built the church, not by rule and law and by religion and tradition. Those who kill people, religion and law and tradition will damage people. We need the presence of God. Amen. Amen. The church should be full with the presence of God every Sunday, every meeting, and in your own personal life too. Everywhere you go, you have the presence of God, and then the church will become pure and more holy. Because the fire of God is moving, the, all the junk, all the bad habit, all the bad stuff get out of them. Because the fire of God burn all the demons and sickness go away, curses go away. The husband and wife love one another. The kids grow up serving God. All of our kids will grow up in our church or serve God now. No one backslides into pornography and all the bad stuff. You know why? Because the fire of God burn people every Sunday. Amen. Burn the junk out every Sunday. Amen. I want to tell you the good news. Not only he want to fill his church with glory, the Bible says in verse 9, The glory is this present house. Everyone say, present house. house. Will be greater than the glory of the former house. Whew. I expect that. What happened in the early church, the former house? The early church 2,000 years ago, Peter shadow fall on somebody, they got healed. When Ananias and Sapphira lied, they dropped dead. When Peter was in jail, angel opened the prison door. And Philip was translated by the Holy Spirit from one city to another city without airplane. <laughs> God's moving, miracles, miracles, cast out demons, healing, miracles and miracles. That is the glory of the former house. We are the latter house. Are we going to have greater glory than the early church in Jerusalem? I believe so. I think God is preparing His church today for that greater glory right now. You are preparing yourself for the end time move of God. God's going to move in the end time. We're going to see greater miracle, greater manifestation of the things of God than the early church. One day, when the shadow of Pastor Sam passed somebody, that person get healed, not get pregnant, get healed. I'm just kidding. Amen? Miracles going to happen in church. The presence of God going to be so thick that when people walk in there, just want to fall under the power. Do you expect, you have faith that that's going to happen in the end time, church? You expect that to happen in Japan? God never lies. He said that I will build my church 
And he will put the glory thicker in the end time church than the early church. We are learning right now. We are preparing ourselves by listening to all this kind of teaching, building our faith, building our hunger, building our thirst, pursuing, pressing in, so that we can see that kind of church in the end time. We are preparing the body of Christ right now. Actually, in Thailand, it's happening right now. They are faster than us because people in America are a little bit more intellectual, hard to change their mind. But in Thailand, people are so simple. You preach, people yes, yeah. Now the church in Thailand all see the glory of God every week. God is moving. Demons come out. People see miracles and miracles in Thailand, the church that we look after over there. Because the simple people, they just receive the word and do it. Simple faith. Amen? Amen. We need to come to God like children. Simple faith. Don't think too much. Amen? Amen. Everyone say, greater glory. In the end time church. That is the promise of God. It shall be fulfilled. I'm ready. I'm getting ready for the end time church. Even Jesus said that in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 12, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than this. Jesus said, you will do greater things than this, than him. So the end time church is going to do mighty things than the time of Jesus. Amen. Amen. We need to build our faith. We need to build our expectation. Amen. Amen. That's why we need to be in the church where the glory of God moves. Without compromise, without fear, let him move every Sunday. Let him move all the time to change people's life from glory to glory to glory. Amen. He has the power to change us. Amen. Last thing, verse 9 say, And in this place where the church with the glory, the church where people pour out their life to build the church, and the glory of the Lord getting stronger and stronger, I will grant peace, declare the Lord Almighty. A lot of time when we heard the word peace, we just think that we just sit at home, quietly meditate. No one bother you. Quiet. That means peace. No. The word peace from the Hebrew language is shalom. And the word shalom is more than what you thought. Shalom means peace, victory, triumph, good health, and safety, and prosperity. Actually, when I read many scriptures, the Bible translates the same Hebrew language word shalom into different words. I give you an example. First Samuel chapter 25, verse 6, the Bible translates the word shalom into say to him, long life to you, good health to you. Good health is shalom. Genesis 28, 21, so that I return safely to my father's house. Safely come from the word shalom. Judges 11, 31, Whatever comes out of the door of my house to meet me, when I return in triumph, shalom. You want shalom, victory, triumph, good health, prosperity, peace, victory, safety in your church? Do you want to see your member get sick? No. You want people to be in good health, prosperity, have more than enough, safety, accident, other people's house, the... The branches fall on their house, but when the branch comes into our house, the, the angels kick the branch out of your roof and disappear, and your roof is not damaged. Amen. Safety. The angel is around you. So the angel will fly and grab that branch and then throw on the street. It will not drop on your roof. Safety. Amen. Everyone says shalom. Victory. Triumph, triumph, good health, good health safety, safety, and peace, peace. belongs to the end time church that welcome the glory of God. Amen. The church of the Lord Jesus in the end time is a church that is full of the glory of God. And you know what happened? In Psalm 122, verse 1, I rejoice with those who say to me, Let us go to the house of the Lord. 
you pour out your life to build the church. You give your time, your energy. God bless you. God bring the glory into the house. God change you so much. He kick the demon out of you. He kick sickness and curses, and you bring prosperity and safetyness. And you look happy. You look younger than age. <laughs> Safety, good health. You don't lose your hair. You look young. Your knee is strong. Your back is strong. God prosper you. When you walk around the city, smiling, happy, ha ha ha. Good health. What happened when people in your office see you? When people in the marketplace see you? Wow. Why he looks so happy? Why she looks so? Happy? Why she is so healthy and strong and happy? The family do well. The husband and wife love each other. Everything go well. They will come to you and say, "What's going on? What is the secret?" The secret is I am in a good church. I am in the house of God that is full of the glory of God, and God protect me. God give me safety and divine health and healing. I never get sick. I, every Sunday I go and get lay hand on the fire of God touch me. The sickness run away from me. Then I'm good health all the time. Sickness cannot touch me. Amen. 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 And then what happened? These people would say, "Let us go to the house of the Lord." I want to visit your church. You are so different. Must be something good at your church. I'm gonna go there. I don't want to waste time with Mickey Mouse anymore. I rather line up to come into the church that has the glory of the Lord. To be in the glory of the Lord is very addictive. Very addictive. It's better than to stand to line up to see the Mickey Mouse. You stand to see Mickey Mouse. You stand there tired. The sun is so hot and oh, water. Oh, when how many minutes? Oh, they say 20 minutes. It is 20. It's not there yet. 45 minutes. Sometimes in summer time here. But to come to church and to be in the presence of God, oh, I tell you, is the best. I love to be in the glory of God. You just feel so filled, so clean. God just cleaned you up. God just strengthened you. God just. Build you up. You don't want to miss church on Sunday. You want to go there and just be in the presence of God. That is the church in the end time. People love to go to church. Amen. The Bible say, "I rejoice with those who said to me, 'Let us go to the house of the Lord.' They don't say, 'I'm sad that I have to wake up on Sunday.'" I miss the TV program, and I have to go to church. Oh, so boring! One hour. Oh, I could not even understand the sermon. I don't know what they're talking about. And then when I get up, no one greet me, and I walk out, and nothing changed. I came in dead. I leave dead. The same. I was sick, and I leave sick. Nothing changed. No, they will say, "I am glad. I rejoice that let's go to the house of the Lord because the presence of God is there, and I'm going to meet the Lord. The glory of the Lord is there. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I'm not trying to destroy the business of Disneyland, but people like to come to church more than Disneyland. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> so tonight we learn. If you want God to prosper you, give you shalom. Number one, you need to put your attention to the business of God first. Build His church. Your house come second. Build His church. Pour out your life to build the church. He's gonna give you money, silver and gold. He say, "I check the heavens to bring silver and gold to your hand, and so that you can have resources to build my house. And in that house." We welcome the glory of the Lord, and let's expect the glory of God will be thicker and thicker and stronger and stronger. I heard that lately the presence of God much stronger in this church than last January. God is giving this church more and more. Amen. The glory of the Lord is stronger every Sunday now. That's what I heard. So the people will have shalom, peace, victory, and success, and good health and safety. And then your friend will want to come to church. Amen. I believe that people in America turn away from Christianity because two reason: number one, corruption in the church; people cheat, people corrupt money; two, 
because the church is boring. Because the church is traditional, people sit there. When you're gonna finish, I'm, I'm just just listen to the word and nothing happened to me. I go home, I get frustrated. You teach that I need to do this, but I cannot do it anyway. I get frustrated. So eventually, all these young people, all the all the uh, campus students, leave the church because they feel that I rather go enjoy life out there. Why go to church? Nothing fun. But if you have the glory, people come into the presence of God. They don't want to leave the church. They just sit there in the presence of God. And the power of God hit them. They have power to be able to practice what they learn. And the Bible becomes so real to them because they have that power. God come and cleanse them, take away the chain and the burden and the joke in their life so that they can have power to obey what they learn from Sunday. It's preaching. And they will say that it's good to be a Christian. I like to go to church. It's good. People in America need this kind of church. We're going to build that kind of church in Los Angeles, Pasadena, in San Diego, in Japan, in Arizona. (laughs) I don't forget Arizona. (laughs) Amen. Thank you, Jesus. How many people say, God, use me to build a church? Amen. Hallelujah. Anybody here who don't know Jesus Christ and you say, I want to become a child of God today. I gave my life to Jesus 30 years ago, 30 plus years ago, and I never regret that Jesus is my Lord. He has done so many miracles in my life. He healed my wife, he healed me, he performed miracles, healed my, many of my patients. He provide for me, he protect me, perform miracle of protection. He is real. So I want to encourage you and invite you to be a Christian. If you're not a Christian, I don't know how many people are not Christian here, but I want to encourage you to give your life to Jesus. How many people want to go to heaven? Raise your hand up. Wave your hand high. I want to go to heaven. Amen. You say, Jesus. Jesus. I want to go to heaven. I want to be saved. I call on your name. You're my Lord. You saved me. You died for me. Be with me. Dwell in my life. I will build your church. I will get involved. I will be there. I will use my time, my money, my energy, my effort, my gift, my talent to build your church. And you shall shake the nations, shake the earth, the sea, the heaven. The earth, the gold is yours. The silver is yours. You shall give me peace. Shalom. Victory. I believe what you say in the Bible is true. You never lie. It shall happen to me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. I hope that this teaching will change your life. Amen. Amen. Don't be yo-yo Christian anymore. Just be committed. God, use me. I will build your church. I'm going to do it. I promise you until I die, I get involved in building the church of Jesus Christ. I've been doing this for 30 years already, and I will never stop. I'm going to serve God. I have no retirement plan. I will serve God until I cannot go anywhere, stay home. Amen. Japan cannot get rid of me. Even 90 years old, I will still go. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm sold out. Jesus loved the house of God so much. To the point he died for the house of God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. How many people ready for the fire, for the glory? Thank you, Jesus. Before I lay hand, I want to explain one thing. This is about holiness. It's about change. When the fire of God touches you, you have two choices. Number one, you fight, you resist. And if you fight and you resist, the Holy Spirit will walk away. He will not do anything because he's a gentleman. He will never force anybody to receive from him. You need to yield. You need to be hungry. You need to press in. Two, 
you need to repent and say that today I want to change. We all don't know what's going on with our life. We may have some sin and some bad attitude that has been cooking in our life for years, and we don't even know. We don't see ourselves. Only the Holy Spirit knows what's going on in your life. And when the Holy Spirit touch you, let Him burn those junk out of you. Let Him change you. He may speak to you. He may kick some demon out of you, and you may feel something strange happen to you. You may feel something we call struggling or something. Fighting on the inside. When that happens, you know right away demons are coming out. If you feel something moving in your tummy, something is moving, you feel because if the Holy Spirit just cleanses you and anoints you, you feel peace. You may laugh, you may feel peace. But if something is struggling inside, it means that the Holy Spirit is pushing demon out from you. Your job is to open the door for demon to go out. Don't close the door. And the best way to open the door is to carve them out. Because the evil spirit us like an air, they will come out to your mouth. So the more you cough, the more they will go. But if you shut your mouth, they will stay. God will not force you. One time, I was casting out demon on a lady in Thailand. This lady looked normal outside, young, thin lady, been a Christian for a few years. Go to another church. When she come out to the altar call to give her life to God, I see right away the demon start to manifest. And when I went to lay hand on her, she. Did not want to let them go. She just keep fighting. She want to punch me. She want to kick me. She, I mean, five men had to hold her. And eventually, God gave me word of wisdom. I look at her name tag, and I call her name. I say, for example, if her name is Lisa, just for example, Lisa, I'm speaking to your spirit right now. No one can force you to let them go out of this house. You are the house, and demon are in your house right now. You need to make a decision to let them go. If you keep them, they will not go. If you still welcome them, they will stay. You need to make decision right now, Lisa. And now you tell them to leave. And Lisa opened her mouth and speak in Thai. You have to go. If I speak to demon, demon will not go because Lisa hasn't let go the demon. But I speak to the spirit of Lisa, and Lisa let go. Hundreds of them come out like. I have to lay hand on her for a long time to let the demon come out of her, and after that, her face looked totally changed, like new person. She looked dark and looked very dull before casting out demons. So you need to let them go. You should not hold them back, okay? And sometimes people can look normal like this, look <laughs> handsome, look normal. <laughs> Demonized people doesn't have to look like criminal. They look normal. But there's some demon in them, maybe demon of doubt. You may struggle with doubt. You listen to the sermon and you cannot even have faith, release faith, because demon block you. Or maybe demons of pornography in you that cause you to always think dirty. They can look normal. Last time I went to Kanchanaburi, an old lady. She is about 80 years old, sitting. I pray for her. I when I walk to her. The Lord told me right away, go behind her. This is unusual. Usually I lay hand on in front of people. I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit. Go behind her, so I listened to the Holy Spirit and lay hand behind her. You know, suddenly this 80-year-old woman who looked normal began to kick and punch and chill. She's so strong that even five men cannot hold her arm down. I am glad that I did not stand in front of her because she's going to kick somewhere in front of me here. The Holy Spirit knew that when I start to lay hand, this lady is going to manifest. And thank God I was in the back, and she can kick the air. That's okay. You don't kick me. Normal people can have a lot of demons. Even Jesus said, "In my name, go and cast out demons." It's interesting. Jesus said, "Go preach the gospel all over the world," and he said, "In my name." The first thing he said, "Cast out demons." How many people see casting out demon in the church today? And they don't cast out demon in the church. People in the church are full with carnality, are full of problems. Sickness and disease and cancer everywhere. First command: Go lay hand in my name and cast out demons. And I tell you, you cannot cast out demons on non-believers, because if you cast out demons on non-believers, seven times will come back, because the house is not filled with the Holy Spirit. You cast out demons only for believers. Period. Casting out demons is only for believers. So it means the church need to cast out demons on believers. New believer come in. We need to have a clean up service. That demon may not be the demon of pornography or something. Maybe demon of fear. Amen. The church need to move in the fire. 
and kick demon out of people. Amen. Cleaning up. Everyone say cleaning up. Clean up. Repentance. Repentance. Change. Change. Yielding. Yielding. Surrender. Surrender. Amen. Amen. Don't come to the prayer line with dignity. Don't think about yourself. Who I am, God. I'm a big guy here. I'm famous guy here. You know, if God touch me, I will lose my face. I will lose my dignity. If you come to God that way, God cannot help you. You need to come to God like children. Forget about your name. Forget about your position. Forget about how handsome you are. It's not about you. It's about Him. Let Him clean you up. If you go to surgery, I'm a surgeon. If uh, every time you're gonna do big surgery, what do we need to do? Shave the hair. Can you imagine if the patient come in and say, "Doctor, you can do surgery on me, but..." Don't shave my hair. Don't do anything. I need to look dignified. I need to have my makeup on. My hair need to be clear. But you can do any surgery on me. It's okay. But don't touch me to make me lose dignity. I will say bye bye, ma'am. Go home. I cannot do surgery. If you still want dignity, you cannot have surgery. Surgical treatment of the file of God. You need to lose your dignity. Amen. Amen. Clear. Your hair may go. You may cry, and then you you look like oh, your makeup is gone. That's okay. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't come with dignity. <laughs> Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you so much, Lord, for your word. Move tonight. Touch your people. Change your people, Lord. Bring revival to these people. Their life will never be the same. They will be changed from glory to glory to glory, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.NewHopeInternationalChurch.com. To them all gathered.